Every year in the NFL, it's a new team. As far as goals go, we have one. Putting a ring on our finger. Welcome to the Buccaneers Observer Podcast. This is Ralph Phillips. I'm Molly Beck. Today is June 9th. 2021, we have exactly 92 days until kickoff for the Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. What a beatdown that's going to be. I know, it's going to be embarrassing for them. We're going to obliterate them. That's going to be so glorious. Opening we day. should just put in our second string. Like, I don't know how much preseason they're going to have, you know? Are oh, we that man. confident? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm confident about the whole season. I mean, it's just... I don't see anybody. There's nobody in the league that can touch us. So there you go. I'm saying it now. I've been saying it. And just imagine last year at this time, you know, the the pandemic was in full bloom. There was no training camps. There was nothing. I mean, we went into the season with like hardly any practice. I mean, and we had no idea by this point in the season last year whether there was even going to be a season. It right. wasn't until like – I think two weeks before kickoff, we we're like, oh, I guess this is happening. Yeah, so this is a totally different year, and we're getting a full off-season workout program with Brady and the team. So, you know, it took them a few weeks last year to start meshing. Mm-hmm. I've been going through watching all the games. I'm in weeks five now, the Packers game. Oh, the Packers. Chicago? I thought Chicago was week Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe. Five. Yeah, it, yeah you're, you're right. It is Chicago. Uh, I haven't started watching it yet, so I've gotten through four. And even as uh, as uh, as about uh, you know, you could definitely tell that they weren't on the same page, especially the receivers and and Brady. Mm-hmm. But still, we were just dominant. We were just beating the Chargers. Gave us a hard time. Chargers played us hard, uh, and you know that they're keeping Sherbert this year, right? He's their starting quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sherbert, I, think so. I love that. I will uh, never not call. I don't know what his real name is. <laughs> Hubert. They they played us very well, but of course, you know we weren't all on the same page. All that good stuff. But this year, man, we 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 won the Super Bowl. We blew through the playoffs against the best teams in the league. Uh, broke teams. I mean, Drew Brees retired. Uh, Washington. They went out, and got a new quarterback, Fitzgerald, Fitzmagic. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know why they did that. I think they, the guy that played us did a fantastic job. He, yeah. they, he was the only Heineken. one that really gave us a hard time. Aaron Rodgers, we broke them. You know, I know. He, he's he, not even sh- – he's still pissy about it. He's not even showing up to OTAs. <laughs> he's still throwing a tantrum. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, so here we got a whole off season of practice and these guys getting better. Man, there's, there's nobody – I've, I've said it every podcast, and I'm probably going to say it every, but we're head and shoulders above everybody in the league. So, you know, here we go. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, well, uh, a lot of not a lot of stuff. This has been a very strange offseason. Now, normally during the offseason is when me and Molly really start paying attention to the media because there's really not a whole lot going on. There's no games and stuff. So, you know, we start paying attention to the media and what they're reporting and all that good stuff. But this year, there hasn't really been hardly anything. Yeah, there hasn't been the the Julio Jones trade, which we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, it's really about the biggest thing that's happened. And you know? I will say, it's not. There's like very little 
drama with the Bucks. Like oh, the yeah. news that is coming out, it's like all fantastic. All positive all, stuff. I know. Here yeah, we like, kept all of our starters, okay. and it's just. I know. BA uh, and uh, Jason Light just got a pay raise. and ex- you know. Yeah, that came out of the blue. Nobody yeah, out of nowhere. And you're like, okay, cool. Hey, they deserve it. I know. Yeah. So uh, I, I guess we could uh, start off talking about the Julio Jones trade. If you're not okay. from, if you're not yeah. a what? Uh, I just want to say real quick, um, my hair is orange. And it looks super orange. Yeah, she reminds me of the girl from uh, the Fifth, Fifth Element. Element. Yeah. So I just want to get it out, that out of the way. I know. Neither Except one of us. Did you I shower know, today? Oh my gosh, no. I, I'm I a hot mess today. today. Uh, so um, between hair colors and so there we are. But <laughs> the, here I am doing a podcast. All for the you people guys. listening on the podcast are like, "What? Why what? is she telling yeah. us this?" Yeah. Uh, super orange, very orange. So anyway, uh, Ralph called me Lulu last night from the Fifth Element. Is that, is that her name, Lulu? I think that so. Lulu. I think y'all. Lamaya Oscovich or whatever her real name. I is. know we don't even know her real name. Yeah, uh, great movie, strange but good movie, definitely worth a watch. So anyway. Julio Jones, Atlanta Falcons. You know, I thought that that Matt Ryan wasn't going to stick around this year. I thought, you know, his salary cap number was just too big. I think he ended up changing it a little bit. Well, they just kicked the can down the road to next year. Right. So the $40 million that they were going to have to pay him this year, uh, they've just deferred it to next year. So What what are they paying him this year? It's something like 32 or something. I mean, it's still astronomical. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm not completely sure, but... Wouldn't surprise me if that's ridiculous like that. But the the big chunk of money, they just keep kicking it down the road. I mean, they're gonna pay him like ten years after he's retired, probably yeah. at this rate. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I think Matt Ryan is an excellent quarterback. I think he's underrated, you know. But he he lacks that that quality, that leadership quality, or something. I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I don't know the guy and everything. But he just can't seem to get guys to rally around him. well i think just the proof is in the pudding like they can't make it they've made it to the super bowl one time under him they got their asses handed to him mm-hmm. and i mean they've never really done anything besides that and he you know he's had julio jones the whole time they've mm-hmm. been shoring up this receiving core for years and yeah. just it can't get anywhere with it so to me, eventually, that falls on your quarterback. I mean, he's had coaches. He's mm-hmm. had quarterback gurus, uh, offensive-minded coaches, defensive-minded coaches when, you know, they're going, oh, the defense just didn't perform. Right. So they went out and got a defense. Um, but did they really? I mean, you no. know, they lost in the Super Bowl. Got kind of blame that on the defense, you know, when you're sure, yeah. up so far and then the other team comes back and – wins uh just like dallas last year mm-hmm. well that's that? what i was about to say even um matt ryan has kind of gotten a reputation at this point for being a choke artist mm-hmm. where they're gonna give up a big lead and yeah they might have a 40 point lead and the defense gives up those points but then where's the offense matching those points or yeah. you know scoring so that they remain ahead right it's not happening so yeah. So yeah, the Matt Ryan, good quarterback. Technically, he's great. He's got one of the best um, forms in the league. I might would say even the best. He's just mechanically, he's, he's really good. But there's something lacking there. It's that what do you call it? The unta- intangibles. Mm-hmm. Intangibles. 
Yeah. So what they did is they kept Matt Ryan and they got rid of Julio Jones. Now, from my perspective, it seems like Julio Jones really wanted to get out of there. I don't know if he does, doesn't like the new coaching staff or whatever. I think maybe you just get to a point where you're sick of losing and you're like, I'm not going to get anywhere here. I could see that. And I think that it's a fair assessment that he did want out. They were saying that he was asking for a trade months mm -hmm. ago. And so, um, yeah, I just think you do get up to the point in your career where you're like, I want a ring. I mean, Julio has been in the league how many years? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. 11? Yeah. Well, I mean. Long time. Long time. And at this rate in Atlanta, and especially with us being as dominant as we are, I don't know, <laughs> is he going to stick around long enough to outlast the Bucks? And at that point, are the Falcons going to be in a position to win? I don't know. Yes, no. <clears throat> right. Yes, no. That's what yes, I'm saying. No. Okay. The R division is getting worse by the day. <laughs> I mean, I, and I, I do not know what's going on with the NFL. I think that, oh, man. I don't know. I think two things have happened. One, they're in shock from us. You know, the Buccaneers, we kind of came out of nowhere mm -hmm. and beat everybody up. You know, and during the season, you know, people, of course, when Tom Brady came to us, they were, you know, like, oh, you know, now Buccaneers are in the conversation for the Super Bowl. But as the season went on, everybody was like, eh, nah, they don't look so great. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, and uh, there was that stretch, that four-game stretch that we lost – ended in week 12 with Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, well, it ended after our bye week where everybody had written us off. You know, we were just, we were losing and, and you know, going. In. We, we, we basically had to do exactly what we did. It was win out mm -hmm. for the rest of the season. Nobody expected us to do it. Uh, and I think everybody in our division is was in shock. You know, they're, they're, they're like, what what are we experiencing here? And can we catch up with this? And the answer is no. Nobody has a team. You know, like I said, the Rams might have a well enough team. You know, it all depends on how Stafford uh, meshes in there. Mm -hmm. And his uh, health. I mean, he's injured quite frequently. Well, is he really? And and he's older, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. But th th other than that, there's there's really nobody in the league. And and like I, I've said, everybody's going trying to go to these more dynamic offenses, uh, dynamic quarterbacks, you know, that play these runs and all that good stuff. And, you know, we are really the old school football team. You know, we've got a pocket passing quarterback. Uh, you know, we we run, you know, it's not a innovative offense. It's, you know, it's kind of been the, the Air Coriel. It's been around for years. Uh, our defense, you know, we just have very good players and very good coaching staff that all mesh well. So anyhow, we, we've kind of taken the, the league by storm, and I don't think they think that we're going to – they think like last year was a fluke. You know, I don't see anybody emulating us. Nobody tried to snag our players, which was totally yeah, shocking. Yeah, that's to weird me. to me. That's the weirdest part. I mean, Shaquille Barrett? I know. Shaquille Barrett said that nobody – offered him as much as the Buccaneers did. That was mind-blowing. At that point, we were up against the cap numbers. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a whole lot. We didn't to, have any money. Yeah, nobody offered him more than we could. You know, you look at Jacksonville. You know, they had like $100 million cap space. Mm -hmm. They could have paid him $50 million a year. Nobody did. It's very strange. But, you know, I think people just overlook all of our players. You know, Vita Vea, 
uh, Shaq Barrett. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've been following the Kansas City Chiefs fan base and uh, a lot of the people, you know, on the social medias and stuff. And, and most of them come to the conclusion that we won because of Kansas City's offensive line playing mm-hmm. so poorly. I know. You know, and I'm just like, no. I mean, me and you called it before the game that we were just going to dominate them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was worried until you said, no, we're going to dominate them. And then, you know, I watched all the game film. I watched every pass that uh, Mahomes has ever thrown. And I was like, yeah, we're just going to beat the mess out of these guys. And it's like nobody saw what we did going through the playoffs. I mean, we beat the New Orleans Saints with Drew Brees, who, you know, they go to the playoffs every year. They're always a, you know, good team. We beat Aaron Rodgers. You know, they've been 13-3 and three for the past, what, three years? They've made it to the NFC Championship every year. And the, we just beat the mess out of these guys. And, uh, you know, we go into the Super Bowl, we beat the mess out of them. And everybody had, you know, they, they've crowned Patrick Mahomes as the new, uh, what do they call him, the new Michael Jordan of football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs, Andy Reid's a uh, guru and all this good stuff. And they do this. It seems like they do this every couple of years where they just pick a team and a player and they go, this is the new thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it never seems to work. I remember when they did it with Mike Martz from the Rams. You know, he, he was considered the, the offensive guru. And I think he went to Detroit or uh, where was it he went? And it just bombed. So, you know, it seems like we are we have caught everybody by surprise and nobody thinks everybody thinks we were a fluke. But I'm telling you guys, I wouldn't surprise me if we go. Uh, this is a what seventeen game season mm-hmm. now. If we go seventeen and up, it wouldn't surprise me at all, at all. And then go you know plow through the playoffs. I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we had an undefeated season. Now the chances of it are pretty slim because it's really hard to do. Yeah, but it, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't I don't see anybody, especially on our schedule, that you know I'm I'm really that concerned about. So. Going back to Julio, do you think it's a sign of dysfunction in Atlanta, mm-hmm. or do you think yeah. uh, he's just fleeing the division? <laughs> I, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, he he sees the writing on the wall. You know, they're, they're not going to. I mean, look at Drew Brees. I think he saw the same thing. He was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to beat the Buccaneers in the next few years, and I'm just going to retire because it's just too much work." And what about Atlanta's willingness willingness to let him go? Right. I mean, that's that was a, little... a real shocker to me. Yeah, me now, too. I'll say this about Julio Jones, and you know, if you've listened to this podcast over the years, I've always said Julio Jones is the best wide receiver in the league. Not because, not necessarily because of his receiving skills, which you know they're elite. I mean, the guy will beat you up to catch that ball. You know, he's like he's like Mike Evans, except. Unlike Mike Evans, he's got speed and a little bit of quickness. After he's he like a combination of Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Yes, right, yeah. Uh, but his number one thing is he's the best wide receiving blocker in the league, and that's going to hurt Atlanta badly. Not having him, I mean, he uh, Julio Jones is he blocks better than most tight ends in the league. I mean, he will decleat you, and uh, Julian Edelman was a great blocker. Uh, but, you know, he's gone now. So, you know, Julio Jones is by far the best blocking wide receiver in the league. 
And that's going to help Tennessee out immensely in their running game. I mean, not that they have much trouble blocking in yeah, the running no game. Yeah, no kidding. But, uh, you know, it's it's going to help out immensely. Now, they got I, rid of Adam Humphreys. Yeah. And, well, and their offensive coordinator is now with Atlanta. It's Atlanta's head coach. So I don't know what their offense is going to look like. Mm, yeah, is it going to be more of a running offense or less right. of a running offense? Yeah, I mean, no, that would be so dumb if they did that. <laughs> but, I mean, you weird. do have Julio Jones, and then they've got A.J. Brown, who coincidentally wears number 11 Ooh. and uh, is not giving up his number. Julio's going to get a new number. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. I can see where that could start some locker room I think trouble. it was okay. Okay. I think Julio was cool. Man, that, he really so. wanted to get out of Atlanta. I know. Ooh. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, he even gave up his number just to not be wow. there. Uh, Father's Day coming is coming up, so I'm going to get to a Tennessee Julio Jones jersey. Man, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that is not right. I've been thinking about that joke the whole time you've been talking here. <laughs> well, you know, I do. I love uh, – Players that are gifted like that, or not, not necessarily gifted, because that implies that they didn't work hard for it. But I mean, Julio Jones is just a man beast out there. He blocks, and he never gets credit for it. Mm-hmm. Never, you know. And I've I've got a ton of clips of him just laying Buccaneer players out. And it's not just Buccaneer players, but that's who I watch the most. So, you know, I mean, he just he is a great blocker, and there that's really going to hurt Atlanta. You know, you always think of wide receivers as, you know, route runners and speed guys and, you know, being able to catch the 50-50 balls and all that, which he was, he was great with all that too. But add on his elite level blocking and you, you're not – they're not going to make up for that. You know, I don't care what you think about Gage or Ridley or any of those guys they've got left. They, they are not at Julio Jones' level in any aspect, but especially the blocking. And it's really going to hurt Atlanta. Because they're not the best blockers in the world to begin with. (laughs) Well, and then I'm thinking about Tennessee. They have a really physical team even Mm -hmm. before Julio came. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I bet he was salivating. He's like, yeah, I want to go there where I can beat somebody up. (laughs) Yeah. And the AFC is not that strong anymore. I mean, they have Kansas City. Hmm. I mean, what teams over there? I mean, it used Uh, to be New England, you know, and then. And Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. uh, The Ravens. And, you know, I mean, the AFC, we were taught, you and I were talking about this yesterday. They they had Tom Brady, but then they also had Peyton Manning for years. I know he hasn't been there for a few years, but I mean, they had two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game mm, in yeah. that Those were fun conference. Battles to watch. Yeah. And, you know, they played forever. I mean, how long did Peyton Manning play? Like 15 years? And then Tom Brady was there 20. Uh, ben Roethlisberger, he's been there forever, too. So the AFC is kind of in a, a transition period where all the old quarterbacks are either leaving the conference or retiring, and mm-hmm. then they've got all these. There's kind of a vacuum, so who's going to mm-hmm. fill that void to be that dynasty quarterback? Yeah. Yeah, I can't think of any over there. You know, you've got – Patrick Mahomes again. You know the jury's still out on him. I mean, he's got great talent. Not you know, I like him as a person. I like good stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll see if he becomes you know a good leader and a you know the whole Super Bowl thing. And I've been wanting to bring this up, and I keep forgetting every time we do a podcast. But how much do you think that Andy Reid's son getting in that car accident 
what was it the night before the Super Bowl? Or it was that week. Nights, that weekend. Yeah, I think it might have been like Wednesday or something before. Yeah, if you're if you're not familiar, Thursday. Andy Reid's son was one of their. Was he an assistant coach or he was a secondary coach? He was. I want to say assistant, like tight ends coach or something. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't like a main coach, but he was on the staff and he got into a drunk driving accident where he was drunk or he had been drinking and he ended up killing a... No, he didn't kill her. He seriously injured her. Oh, I thought she died later. Oh, did? I don't... I didn't hear that, but... Yeah, I think he's being charged. Well, he's being charged. charged, Yeah. Yeah, so maybe he... But she's... uh, She was critically wounded. Mm -hmm. She's going to have issues for the rest of her life. And this happened right before the Super Bowl and, you know, they came out and they were flat. And the, you know they, yeah. I, I, it was a real shocker to me at their play calling was as bad as it was, you know. Because one thing that they're known for, Andy Reid is known for, especially is you know a lot of tricky plays, and they didn't do hardly any. You know, they just really tried to beat us in a classic sense, and as we all know, it didn't work out too good for them. So, you know, to me, the jury's still out on Patrick Mahomes whether he's going to be a you know, all-time great or whatever. But other than him, there's nobody in the AFC I can really think of that, you know, you can really say that about. Uh, Maybe the Cleveland quarterback. Baker Mayfield? Yeah. Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's doing pretty well at Tennessee. He's taking them to the playoffs two years. Yeah, that's that. to me, that's the running game. You know, Tannehill is just – Yeah. He didn't do a whole lot. Fair enough. You know, from the game film I watched on him, he was – it's not accurate and good decisions and stuff, mm-hmm. but you know he's got an excellent run game to yeah back him up. Uh, yeah, so I don't see anybody in the AFC that's got that you know the future elite potential. There's Josh Allen, but I think he's another one of those. That's, yeah, his legs sometimes cost them as much as they do. Yeah, they what you co- you said he was the Jameis Winston of the AFC. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I mean, there's a lot of good players, but you know, there's a difference between being good and elite and sustaining that elite level. So, yeah, you know, Julio Jones, he was ready to go, and I think he's salivating, thinking about being on a physical team, you know, because he's a, he's a physical player. It's like Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman would seek guys out to hit, and he was just, he was fun to watch on film because he would just. You know, he would he would spot somebody standing there. And he would just run up, lay them out. A little Julian Edelman. He was tough. Uh, Gosh, it is going to be so weird watching the Falcons without Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. Or how about New Orleans without the Saints? Uh, Julio's been in the league since New Orleans without Drew. Okay. New Orleans without Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah. He said without the Saints. Too. New Orleans without the Saints. New Orleans without the Saints. <laughs> Saint Drew. Yeah, it's uh, we've had a, so much shakeup in our division. That's going to be very interesting in, in the league in general. You know, we talked about this uh, the year last year mm-hmm. at the end of last season, not not 2020, 2019. We were like, it is going to be so weird moving forward because all these old time quarterbacks are retiring, mm-hmm. you know, and leaving. And it's 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 very strange. It's a whole new league. You know, we don't have the. Uh, the Peyton Mannings and the – who all was it that retired? Philip Rivers? The Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Uh, Cam Newton went to uh, New England. Mm, the bunch of them. It was a bunch of them. It is so hard. Andy Dalton leaving. Yeah. 
it's so hard for me i am completely averse to change so it is hard for me to not only see all the change but then to keep track of all the new people because a lot of times i feel like the new people they're completely unproven it takes like years for me to warm up to like russell wilson (laughs) is one of those where i was like yeah "Yeah, he's a gimmick you know he's not and eventually you gotta admit like okay he's 10 years later yeah yeah. i know i still see all these guys as new me too (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Me too. Uh, Peyton Manning was in the. He came in the league in 1998. He played till 2015. So that's what 17 years, mm-hmm. 18 years. Wow. Yeah, long time. Yeah, those were epic battles between him and Tom Brady. So Julio Jones gone. Our division is just so weak right now. Carolina is. You know, it's it, if they can keep this coach around for a couple more years. You know, I mean, he's going to have to start winning. Next year, this year, he's still got a little bit of leeway, but next year he's got to win. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't in the NFL now. You, you know, if you're not winning by year three, you're out. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if he is. I mean, they 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 look like crap. If you ask me. Well, they've had so much roster churn, and you know, it's like last year they drafted defensive guys like everyone that they drafted was on the defense and those players can sometimes take quite a few years to develop you know their offensive line is trash it's like it's it's so much rebuilding yeah. and it's almost not even fair to the coach to uh you know measure them by mm-hmm. that because you know what are you supposed to do if you have no players to work with right yeah they, they've had to build the team up from the ground, you know, lost mm-hmm. Cam Newton, lost uh, Keekly, uh, Olsen, you know, it was just like their whole core team was gone. And then, then after that, everybody left. Yeah. I don't think there's anybody on the team that's been there for more than three years. Uh, and then Atlanta, you know, it, they've been having troubles for a long time. Uh, you know, they, there's just some, some mess going on there. They can't get things together. It's always, you know, the offensive line is falling apart. The, well, and then at what point do you put it on Matt Ryan, though? Right, yeah. I mean, there's a point where you got to say, hey, you know, it's your job to be the on-the-field leader. If it's falling apart on the field, it's your fault, even if it's the defense. Yeah. You know, you've got to be getting these guys in line. And they just can't ever do it. And I think this is the the last hurrah of them, and it's going to be more of like a thud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, losing Julio Jones is going to be huge for them, mm-hmm. huge. I don't think they realize how big of a deal it is. And then you got New Orleans. You know, Drew Brees was their team. I don't care what you say. Drew Brees is a very good quarterback in certain aspects. And one of the aspects he was very good at was just matriculating down the field, you know, keeping the ball in the offensive hands, moving it down the field, not making stupid mistakes, you know. And, you know, he was very, very good at that. You couldn't sack the guy, you know. He he didn't throw a lot of interceptions. It was very – and, and they're losing that, and they're replacing it with, you know, this well, a dynamic quarterback either in Jameis Winston or uh, what's Seven's name? Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. You know, which I really thought he was going to do a lot better than he did when he got the chance last year for those four games. He looked I like know. Crap. I know. <laughs> but, you know, he might be better, but you know, it's not going to be Drew Brees. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, they're, they're vastly, very quickly on their way to the bottom. They're going to be fighting with uh, Carolina. Yeah, it's well. I think all three of them could be yeah. fighting for the bottom. <laughs> it's yeah. hard to say. 
Right. Who's going to be worse? And New Orleans will certainly be the team to watch as far as their quarterback battle goes. I mean, who knows who's going to win that? I I couldn't even begin to guess. And and New Orleans still has a better core of people. You know, they still got a good offensive line, still got the dynamic running backs. Their defense is decent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, actually. Defensive line. They lost some guys, though. Linebackers. Yeah. Uh, Secondary. So, you know, it, I fully expect us to go undefeated in the division. Just going to say that now. Uh, but, you know, Julio Jones being gone, I'm extremely happy about it. I am too. I'm like, <laughs> bye. <laughs> Drew Brees retiring. I'm like thrilled to death. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like. The less weapons our opponents have, the better, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned. Yep, yep, yep. Not mad about that at all. So. We have it, it, it's almost like the the path is getting more clear for us for our next Super Bowl, you know. I know, and then it's like Aaron Rodgers being a bitch and not showing up mm-hmm. for OTAs. You know, it's like does he not want to play against the Buccaneers again? That would not surprise me either. If he goes to the AFC, then I would I would say yeah, that might be it. He doesn't <laughs> want to play against Tom Brady. Do you think he's staying at Green Bay? No. At this point, Mm-mm. I don't think that you can. I mean, no. how, at at a certain point, it becomes and, uh, irredeemable. And nobody really even knows what it's about. It's really yeah. just he's he's a, like you said, he's a little pissy. Well, it's like Adam Schefter came out with that report, and then it started all this stuff, hmm. and it was like, well, did did he create that drama? And then it's kind of self fulfilling prophecy. I, I don't know. Like but Aaron I, is, I think Aaron is so petty that he could be baited into it. And that's exactly what happened. Might be. No, uh, I mean, I think that could potentially be it. I don't know. Well, I, he got, he got his coach fired. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mike he, McCarthy. Right. Of course he went to Dallas and I've got some friends who were Dallas fans and they were so excited about it. I was like, like dude, why? this guy is horrible. I don't read know what the you're... Bleacher Report article yeah. about that. Yeah, I was sending them leaks and they they refused to read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was like, dude, man, y'all are in some for some bad, bad times. It's going to be know. a bad time. This is one of those things where stats will definitely fool you. Yes, he had a winning record, but it really wasn't a whole lot of him. And I think that, I don't know if that went to Aaron Rodgers' head. I mean, we always know he's, He's always had a, a prideful ego. And I think he wants to get rid of the general manager. And I think that's where they've drawn the line. They're like, no. Because, and this is all speculation just from stuff that I've, I've read and seen. You know, Aaron Rodgers is mad because they won't give him weapons. He wants, you know, fast wide receivers and all this good stuff. And they keep they keep drafting and, and getting the free agency, you know, defensive players and all that. And he's like, no, I need – you know, work on my skill set. You know, me, 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 me. I know. Well, here's the problem is that they've given him weapons for years and he's such a pissy asshole. No one wants to play with him. Like, they got him Jimmy Graham. Like, how long was Jimmy Graham there? Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, we can go through the list of all the receivers that he's, he's had. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I'm like. Yeah, and if you read that article, you know, it's if you make him mad or if you don't do what he told you to do he won't throw you the ball anymore even if you're open and who wants to play like that like they're professionals they're the cream of the crop the best in the world and 
you know, you're going to have to deal with some high school attitude. Yeah, it's like, get out of here. I wouldn't play for that. Yeah, so anyhow, Aaron Rodgers, no, I don't think he's going to be with Green Bay anymore. And from from what I can tell with the fan base, they want him out too. They're just like, yeah, this is – this is silly. They hate to see them go. But they're spoiled. You know, yeah. they're just like Patriots fans. You know, they've had great quarterbacks since the early 90s. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been 30 years of great quarterbacks in Green Bay. They don't know what it's like to not have a good quarterback. So they're like, yeah, just get rid of it. We've got love. He'll be, he'll be fine. Oh, yeah. But apparently, um, the co- I can't remember the coach's name. Uh, the pretty boy. He said that. La Fleur. Okay, yeah. La Flower. La Flower. <laughs> what that means in French? It's the flower. I don't know, but it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> uh, he said Jordan Love like needs a lot of work. Like Jordan Love is not ready. Yeah, that's what I heard too in the training camp. He's looking yeah. like crap. Yeah. But then again, you know, when you're used to watching Aaron Rodgers for years. Yeah, LaFleur means rose or flowers. Wow. That's funny. Is that his last name, LaFleur? Is it? This is embarrassing. We don't know this. I am like out of football shape. Like my brain is out of football shape. (laughs) Yeah, this has been a very strange, strange shape. Yep, it sure is. Matt LaFleur, the flower. (laughs) He does look like a flower. He's so Mm -hmm. pretty. Woo. Okay, so let's get off of everybody else's quarterbacks and talk about our awesome piece of manliness. <laughs> Apparently, he played with a knee injury all year last year. Really? Yes, and he just got he got surgery. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, like and they and BA was saying, oh, they just kind of scraped it out, mm-hmm. and then someone else came out and said, no, it was more serious than that. Yeah, and, and Tom Brady came out and he said, you know, look, I'm old school. I don't like talking about my injuries, you know. And he said, but I'm fine now. And he said, I actually am a lot better. Last year there was a few things I couldn't do, and I'll be able to do them this year. So I'm like, ooh, we just, Whoa. that's scary. You know, put the whole legal notice there. It was wow. like, hey, I was playing with one hand tied behind my back last year. I know. everybody. Well, and he's not the only one that had the knee injuries. So, and this has me wondering if this is kind of the new procedure that the NFL doctors are doing because A.B. had a knee thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, J.P.P. had a knee thing. Yep. Tom had the knee thing. Yeah, J.P.P. played all last year with his yeah, knee issue. Which I believe. He's always got something. Always it something. Never stops him. The neck. I mean, yeah. that didn't seem to bother him, but he's like, oh, my knee. <laughs> he's <laughs> crazy. He's incredible. He's a robot. Man. I know. A, a, a Terminator that's been blasted on him. Mm-hmm. He's got like half a hand, broken neck, blown out knees. He's incredible. And he's out there yelling at the young guys to step it up. Keep up. Keep up with me, dudes. <laughs> Okay, what do you think about, so now they're all in OTAs, so everybody, I think, basically has shown up. I think there were like six guys on the roster who had not shown up for OTAs, but for the most part, everybody's there. Mm-hmm. I but think Sue, ha- Sue's got a, a wrist injury. He's not, he hasn't showed up. 
But B.A. said it's fine. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> like, B.A. does not care. Like, yeah, Sue, Sue cannot practice the whole offseason and right. come in game one and be ready. Most of our veterans are that way. Mm-hmm. Not practice at all. I mean, exactly. Sue has never missed a game in his whole career due to injury. Never missed a play due to injury. Yeah. You know, so I ain't worried about. Yeah. Well, you know, they have the, the OTAs where most everyone has shown up, but then there were the voluntary workouts a few weeks ago, and uh, none of the veterans were coming. It was that whole hullabaloo with the league, with the NFLPA, where they were trying to, when we touched on this in the last podcast, they were trying to leverage the league to not, you know, to change the offseason programs and workouts. And so Tom Brady was kind of at the forefront of this charge, telling veterans, like, hey, don't go. Don't go to these voluntary workouts. And so he had our guys working out separately from these voluntary workouts. And mm-hmm. BA had said, like, y'all can come use the facilities because if they get injured as that offensive lineman, was it the offensive lineman found out? Yeah. You know, when he got injured from another, I can't remember what team he was I'm with. I say the Ravens, but. Okay. Uh, he got injured and is now at risk of not getting paid. And. Mm-hmm. You know, because he wasn't on a team facility. Yeah, he's he's got a lawsuit going on. Oh, he does. Yeah, oh, gosh, they'll 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 end up paying him something. Mm-hmm. But you know, our guys were out, and BA vocal, you know, publicly was like, "Oh, I support them being able to do this." But then Keyshawn Vaughn was out there working out with the veterans, and BA said at a press conference like he needs to be here i don't know why he's not here he's fighting for a roster spot he should not be mm. so to me it was a little bit of mixed messaging mm. from ba and the team i mean Keyshawn is not going to be able to succeed if he doesn't have a rapport and chemistry with the starters but the starters aren't there in camp so what is he supposed to do i think he's between a rock and a hard place yeah. and i don't think it was necessarily fair for BA to come out publicly like that. Well, yeah, I understand BA's point too. You know, you got you got to earn a spot on this team. You know, sure, but it's kind of mixed messaging. Like you're publicly in support of this, of mm-hmm. the players working out separately, and so what? What is he supposed to do? I I think it's just not. You're not being very clear with your expectations. Yeah. Yeah, that might be the issue. It was just a confusion. Yeah. Well, BA at came least he out was out there that. doing something. Yeah. Well, and the next day he was in the facility. So the message was received loud and clear. I just don't BA's know. BA's really good at using the media to get yeah. his point across to his players. Yeah. I can say that. Yeah. But now they're all at the facilities this week. And mm. uh, Tom, I think, is doing stuff even with recovering. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's coordinating practices and all this good stuff he's just ridiculous yeah (laughs) bruce arians is uh thrilled to i mean if you read this book quarterback whisperer one of bruce arians big 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 issues with the team is he wants the veterans on the field to be coaches on the field he wants them to be the leaders on the field and in the locker room you know and he's got it with this team i mean you got uh jpp and adamakong sue uh, Levante David, <laughs> you know, I mean those guys. Uh, maybe even Shaq Barrett, you know. I mean those are some it, JPP especially is a very vocal leader mm-hmm. in the locker room. And then you know, of course, on the offensive side, you've got Tom Brady, who you know this guy is going to be. If, if it was up to Tom Brady, they we, he would have the whole team out there practicing every day 
probably 12 hours a day. That's true. So, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so B.A. loves that. He gets yeah. to ride around in his little golf cart and drink and his whiskey. Not do whiskey. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's in that tumbler, B.A.? Yeah. Ice water. Flavored right. ice water. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it, it appears everybody's doing very well. Uh, training camp, everybody looks good. We had an injury. Peter Report was saying it was one of the defensive backs, I think a safety, last name Riley, I think Cameron Riley, had an undisclosed injury. So he's one of these bubble guys. But that was the first I'd heard of. It was it a serious injury? or They haven't said. It was like a lower lower leg injury. Huh. So BA did not comment on what happened. but Okay. Uh, and it was right after he had picked off Tom Brady. <laughs> he picked off Tom in the end zone. Celebrated so hard he hurt himself. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I think it was a couple of plays later. But. Um, Dan Vitale, remember him? Vitale. Uh, he was a fullback that we drafted, I want to say, during Shiano years. Okay. It might have. Was it Shiano? Oh, I want to think so because I don't think anybody else would have drafted a fullback. Uh, he's retiring. Uh, and he said he wanted to especially thank the Cleveland Browns, Green Bay Packers, and New England Patriots for giving him a chance to play in the NFL. Ooh, shade. Did not mention the Buccaneers. The guy, huh. People who drafted him. Yeah, that's Very, messed up. Yeah. Did bit. he forget? I doubt it. Very seriously. <laughs> well, we did. I, I want to say when Lovey came in, they, they got rid of him, or it might have been Cutter. I can't remember. Save that for a fact check follow. Yeah. Uh, Robert Agoyo is playing with the Patriots. He's oh. Out there. He's out there fighting for a job. Yeah. Bill Belichick likes the box sloppy seconds. He he did. He Although I say yeah. that and we have like the his top sloppy second, Tom yeah. Brady. Right. Uh Tom Brady's rookie card sells for three point one million at auction. How about that? Woo. Yeah. All right, Ralph, we got to start wrapping this up. I think that you need to um, go over what happened, how you got us blocked by Rick Stroud. Yes. Um, I've got like five minutes to wrap this up. Yes, Rick Stroud. Now, if you've listened to our podcast ever since we started doing this, we're, we're kind of media bashers. And you know, we, we believe that the, the, the Buccaneers team is more than just the players on the field. We believe it's the fans. It's the... Uh, the, the everybody involved, the front office and all that good stuff. Everybody rooting for the Buccaneers is part of the team. And it's why we don't bash the team. We don't call for players or coaches to be fired because, you know, that's really going against the team. We won't do it. We might kind of feel it, but we're not going to come out and say it. Uh, now, with the media, it's a different story. Now, we have totally cut out the ESPN reporter because she is anti-Buccaneer fans. I have seen her use her following on social media to attack fans that don't agree with her. She will call them. I mean, she will she will get her her little fan group to attack Buccaneer fans, and it's just unconscionable to me. So I don't even I don't even mention her name. Uh, but there are quite a few media personalities who we got to remember they are not Buccaneer fans. They're doing a job, and they. They want to create controversy. They want to create problems. So, you know, we kind of hold them to a different standard. We're going to hold them accountable just like we would a player or anything like that. But we also 
they've got to understand that they're not on our side. They're not part of the the team. You know, they just report on the team, if you want to call it reporting. So uh, we have watched throughout this whole pandemic that these these media personalities band together and do the whole, you know, wear a mask and all that good stuff. All they the finger wagging. Yeah, did a lot of finger wagging and, you know, rooted on about players getting tested and, and all that good stuff. And, you know, basically whatever the, the Fauci CDC said, whatever, they were on board with. Never questioned it or any of that stuff. Well, anyhow, Rick's out. Apparently, the NFL is not going to allow the reporters into the locker room after the games anymore. And... I'm not, I'm not sure what the whole kerfuffle is about, but Rick Stroud from the Tampa Bay Times had a conniption, and he was he said this, and it was it blew my mind. He said, "This is not about safety. This is about control." Talking about the NFL not allowing them, and I, I, I the zero self awareness zero self awareness was mind boggling to me and I couldn't resist myself. So Ralph I, was in a mood and this is why <laughs> I control the social media accounts yeah, on him. I like to fight too much. So I you know, I pointed out his hypocrisy. I was like, hey, you know, when people have been saying this throughout all this pandemic, I've seen you guys call them conspiracy theorists and call for them to be blocked and censored and all that and they have been. You know, when you come out and you say stuff like this is this isn't about safety, this is about control. You get blocked and censored and all this. And now they're saying it because it's affecting them personally. Mm -hmm. And their access media. That is the only thing that makes them any different than me, you, or any of these amateur guys, is they get access to that locker room. They get access to the press conferences. And if you take that away from them, they're no different than us. So they're having a conniption fit. And I think it's hilarious. <laughs> So anyhow, I responded back to him saying, hey, you know, basically this is this is kind of hypocritical here for you to be saying this, buddy. And uh, he just now it's about control now that it affects you and your job. But before this, it was trust the experts and safety. And right. And they had the hashtag in uh, wear a mask in every single one of their posts for months. And, you know, it, it is the very definition of virtue signaling because there's not a person on this planet that didn't know we're supposed to be wearing masks. Well, and I, I definitely just, didn't it, think that somebody went, oh, Rick Stroud said I need to wear a mask in his tweet, so I'm going to wear so a I mask probably now. do that, yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the um, – and it's, it's just like how we feel about, you know, politics in sports. It's the yeah, – Don't want it. I, I don't want your – I don't want to be lectured by a freaking sports journalist. Mm-mm. I just no, don't. About I anything. Do. I want to hear what you have to say about sports, like kind of, not really. But I mean, if I want to hear about anything from you, it's, it's going to be about sports. Right. Uh, don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to hear about your religious preference, your sexual preference, your... I don't care. Your thoughts on the Second Amendment, any of that stuff. I don't care, you know. And But they, they like to shove this stuff down their throat any chance they get. And, uh, you know, I... I, I did. I, I was really stunned to see the what you call it, self awareness that they would actually, you know, this like, oh my gosh, now that you know, it was, it was like couch feigning. It was like, oh my gosh, it's affecting me. They're taking away my privilege, so therefore, this now all of a become all of a sudden becomes a power control thing instead of a safety issue. Mm -hmm. Whereas when it was affecting other people, 
you know, they when were, businesses they were had to close events. and yeah. people couldn't be with their loved ones when they died. And and, and these know. are the same guys. Now, let's remember that Rick Stroud is the same one that wrote a whole article, swore vehemently, said he had inside sources that Gerald McCoy was not leaving the Buccaneers. And then, what, two weeks later, he was gone. Uh, you know, they write articles that, that remember it. Now, let's let's go back to last year. You know, they didn't think that Tom Brady and all, they didn't think we were going to go to the Super Bowl. They didn't think we were going to have a winning season, I don't even think. But they, remember they had tried to start up the controversy that there was disruption between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was weeks they were talking about that mm-hmm. stuff. They they wrote articles about how the Tom Brady's business, uh, mm-hmm. what was it called, TB12, took money from the, the PPE program, or PPE, PPT, whatever it was called, the covered relief program mm-hmm. uh, and then they you know they wrote articles about how the uh, the glazers who own the buccaneers uh, they tried to swindle money out of the gulf mm-hmm. uh, oil i mean you know they are not buccaneer fans they are not they don't care matter of fact they want controversy they want there to be disruption they want because that's what they make their money from you know so you know, I, I, I take these guys with a grain of salt. You know, they, they're wrong more often than they're right. Uh, they just have a bigger megaphone. If you look, if you watch the uh, press conferences, Rick Stroud is always the one who gets to ask the first question. It's because he's been around the longest and he works for the Tampa Bay Times, which is the most prestigious paper in Tampa Bay, in that area, actually. It's actually quite a prestigious paper. But it doesn't make them experts on anything and it definitely doesn't give them the right to, to wag their finger at us on health and political and religious issues <laughs> it's like no take that mess somewhere else but they're not on our side let's put it that way they're not tampa bay fans now there are uh, some media personalities the, the joe bucks they're fans of tampa bay uh the pewter report guys i think some of them are. some of them are I'm... some of them aren't yeah you kind of have to weed through that mess all right, Ralph, we got to go. Yeah. All right, guys. We got a kid at the bus stop. We got a kid to go pick up. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're going to be All right, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us. Till next time. Go Bucks.